0: Hi, I'm Jamie Winkert. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. You're listening to the V8 V8 Insiders. Insiders.
1: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Ravel. The
0: teams are readying for another street battle. Um, It's probably the toughest race for us, coming out of the the race meeting and and, uh, turn left and go and have a good time in the city or, or go right and go home. We preview the Gold Coast as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
2: This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
1: Hi, this is Will Davison from the Pepsi Max crew for Performance Racing, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders.
0: Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Nissan's Darren Cox gave the media his perspective on Nissan's year so far.
1: I know there's been some uh, you know, discussions and arguments about the fuel that was used, but you can't take away what he did. And I think hopefully it's highlighted to everyone the great job that, that he's done this year. I think uh, the beginning of the year, you know, the focus is on this side of the garage. And everyone's looking at that side of the garage um, to uh, to do a good job. And as I say, I, you know, I, I remember following his dad and um, you know, both the guys in that side of the garage deserve a huge amount of credit for the job they've done against two guys that everyone knows are fast and knows are, um, uh, you know, are, are quick race drivers. Um, so I think it just highlighted the fact that these boys are doing a great job and, you know, uh, he's been rewarded with uh, an extension to, to working with us. And, you know, he's certainly one of the people we're looking at to try and get to race in, in Europe and uh, get him... Uh, uh, across you know racing in different categories. Cox is
0: adamant that something needs to be done with the aero on the Nissans.
1: They are looking at it and uh, they've got a new guy whose name escapes me now uh, Steve Horn. thank you uh, who's who's joining uh, with a lot of experience in IndyCar um, and single-seaters in, in Europe and the US and uh, he's already committed that he's going to change the process. Uh, yeah running coast down test is very 1980s and you know whether it be CFD or full wind tunnel work that's the way we need to go forward uh, in the future.
0: You can hear from the International Motorsport Manager of Nissan on this week's White Flag Lap. Craig Lowndes gave the V8 Insiders his thoughts on this weekend's Gold Coast round.
3: Oh, I think it's going to be exciting like it was. I think the closing stages of here are the same. I think uh, at least we're all uh, in the same boat. You know, We, we know our, what, what the co-drivers are going to be like and who they are and uh, what speed they've got. I think that's uh, you know, probably the only disappointing part of it. The, uh, the, well, the trifecta of uh, the Enduros is now gone because uh, with Jamie winning Sandown and uh, Frosty winning here, it's, uh, it's, un- it's impossible to have three, three, in, a, three in a row. But, um, but look, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think go- the Gold Coast will definitely tell where we're at at the end of that where we are with the championship.
0: James Courtney also thinks that this event keeps going from strength to strength The, the crazy thing here is um, you know, you you've got to try and carry so much speed through those chicanes but yet
4: not hit the walls too hard you run up against them all the time but it's uh yeah it's just to be there in the end it's it's a tough one we have to run our co-drivers as well so making sure they manage their time and and um i think also with how v8s have done the you know the two stops it's going to be interesting you know how
0: we play out the strategy whether you start heavier or start lighter to get through traffic and it's uh i think it's going to be more of a strategic race this year roland dane talked about the amazing reliability of the new generation car that saw only two DNFs at bathurst Yeah, well,
3: the two cars that didn't finish, uh, it was nothing to do with the uh, cars themselves. It was uh, both accident damage for one reason or another. Um, Yeah, so it was uh, was extremely good. And, uh, you know, some of the naysayers had had a little bit more faith Uh, earlier in the piece. It would have been a good thing. But, uh, you know, I look back and I sometimes think uh, that the only people who really had had faith in the whole thing and etc with myself and Mark Scaife and um, uh, the uh, but yeah it's proven that I think conceptually it is it is good um, and uh, yeah the components uh, are pretty good um, and uh, yeah, maybe uh, <clears throat> there are always improvements that can be made but I think it's a testament to the cars that they did do that number of laps around here
0: Christian Dahl from Polestar, of course that's the Volvo performance arm, spoke about the difficulty of getting the new Volvo V8 engine and and everything they're making for the V8 program out of the Swedish organization. And we asked if it was the most difficult challenge the organization has ever had to face.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge so far was the world touring cars in 2011 because you built a complete car, it wasn't one single part I was, uh, single that was a single spec at this is in Sweden and Australia but I think it's a fantastic challenge here and I mean the regulation on the chassis is still quite open you can do a lot of work and uh, I mean the most exciting thing about the uh, championship is that it's so tough you don't have the balance of performance that we always have in Europe and if you do a good job you win a lot of races and I think that's what you want to have as a team and if you don't do a good job you have to improve yourself and not balance the weight or the turbos or whatever as we always do in Europe so It's really exciting coming into a championship.
0: The latest edition of V8X Magazine is on sale now. Craig Lowndes and Peter Brock are on the cover. You can check out the latest edition online, the iPad at MagShop, and for Android users, you can see it at Magster. Hard copies, well, you can flick through them at all good news agencies and probably some bad ones as well. After the break... Lewis Isaacs, and Tony Shebeki will join me as we look at the conclusion of the per Tech Cup.
2: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars.
1: Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders.
2: You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X,
3: the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
0: Welcome back to the VAD Insiders. Joining us this week, a first time for Lewis Isaacs. And Lewis, uh, it's great to have you on the show. And of course, uh, you've read Lewis's stuff in Auto Action. I'm sure. Thanks very much for joining us. No, thank
4: you, Craig. Thanks for having me. It's uh, a privilege to be on the show for the first time. 2013 well, has been a
0: great year for, uh, for rookies. So to hopefully, I can continue that tonight. Well, one man who's. Uh, a very much a veteran of the V8 Insiders, is SEN's On The Grid, Tony Shabaki. Thanks for joining us, Tony. Uh, always a pleasure,
5: Craig, and uh, welcome to the club, Lewis. It's not as exciting as the Mall High Club, but uh, it'll do. <laughs> it'll do it for now, I guess, yeah. We'll
0: settle on this. Yes, well, we're not quite high enough for the other one, and I don't want to be around when you two make it. Listen. Nissen they're in a lot of trouble at the moment in as much as the aero issues that are plaguing that car are just completely holding them back and i know tony a, a, a few oh, a few months ago now you had a, a very controversial interview on, on the grid with uh, Simon McNamara not happy about Nissan's win at Winton, but uh, it's obvious that the team, when it gets to a high-speed circuit, just doesn't have the car underneath them to be able to do the job in 2013. Yeah, it
5: would seem that uh, Nissan are pretty much uh, furious about what's happening in V8 Supercar. The word coming out this week that uh, they believe the arcade, uh conditions of V8 Supercar have had them test their aero package has uh, put them right behind the eight ball. A lot of uh, solutions have been offered up by uh, Nissan, including uh, aero tunnelling and, and the like, uh, wind tunnelling, to test their aero package, but our uh, supercars have disallowed that to happen for this, and my due to the fact that they've said it's, uh, it's a cost factor that they're trying to keep down. So uh, yeah, it's interesting to see where this one goes with, uh, with of course, fuel parity issues. Which our initiative suffered over the last couple of months, with we know uh, the lack of uh, top speed that they have compared to, uh, to other cars, and the, uh, the lack of horsepower that they have in the engine. Now, aero issues as well. It seems though, that they may need to go back to the drawing board severely over the off season and come back with a whole new package for 2014.
0: Lewis, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? Because they knew the rules going in. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And uh, it's interesting that the eighth of June cutting as a, um, a reason not to use the wind tunnel because a suggestion put forward around the uh, time what we went to Austin was to send all four cars to uh, a few wind tunnels over in the US to sort this out, once took a role because I'm not an aerodynamicist, but to me running four cars up and down in a straight line on an airbase is not going to cover everything. So um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting argument that, uh, that Nissan put forward. Obviously everything's going to be re-homologated again when Volvo joins, so there is a chance to, um, to right these wrongs for the sport, which is good.
0: It is fascinating, though, that in 2013 we use a deceleration test with cars getting up to a speed, then shutting it all down and letting them roll to a stop, and if they all stop within a car length, then the aero must be the same. It is fascinating that we are still using that type of modelling laws.
4: Yeah, well, when you're spending the kind of money that Nissan asked. If they can't join the sport, it, it just seems backwards that that's, that's the measure we have. Obviously, CFD is one pretty cost-effective solution, and um, you've also got to wonder what it does to other manufacturers looking at the sport. You know, Mittens are spending a lot of money, but they're not quite competitive, and, and what does that say to someone who does want to join? It's, not a great look at the
0: moment. Mm. Interestingly, uh, Tony, I've got a report of a a speech that was given by Mark Scaife in Canberra at a CPA convention. And anyone that's heard me do the football commentary giving their scores knows that I was not uh, eligible to attend that. But he was talking about Nissan joining the series very soon. So uh, it's interesting that we've got Volvo coming in, we've got... All sorts of speculation about another two manufacturers, and now he is open, uh, Mark Scaife, openly talking about Mazda. Yeah,
5: I, I hadn't heard that, Craig. Sorry, I thought you said mission. But Mazda coming in as well would be a, an, an excellent, Philip, for the category. Yeah, look, I, I have no issues with having up to 10 manufacturers if they all want to come in. At the end of the day, As long as we have 28 cars on the grid at least, and as long as those 28 cars are all competitive, and we still have uh, the same sort of racing that we've been having this year, then
0: bring them on. Anyone who wants to come on board, more than welcome in my eyes. Mm, that's certainly the attitude Gary Rogers is taking too, Lewis.
4: Yeah, well, um, the Volvo deal is obviously an interesting one because it came about in May. They're doing all the, uh, the chassis and aero themselves, but the engine is coming from uh, from Polestar in uh, in Sweden. And, and from the outset, people wouldn't think of Volvo as a V8 supercar brand, but the fact that they're joining is a a massive positive for the sport. And and like Tony said, you know, the more brands, the merrier, as far as I'm concerned, as long as they're competitive. And, yeah, it's it's great.
0: Being a parity formula, and uh, we're going to hear from Darren Cox from this and in the white flag lap, talking about what innovation you can get in a parity formula. But being a parity formula, it means that getting all the cars right, whether it be 10, 2 or 5, is the critical part so that every person putting their money in has a fair crack of the whip. And, Tony, it's going to be fascinating to see if V8 supercars are hell-bent on making sure the cars are identical in every situation or whether they will go down the road to say, we're going to have cars that are good on this type of circuit, we're going to have cars that are good in this configuration and other cars that are going to be good in other configurations. Yeah, it's
5: an interesting one, Craig, because while I say bring on as many manufacturers as we can the more the merrier. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm 100% for a parity formula, and for the reason being is that I think it stops. It, it could stifle development. If people believe that other manufacturers are going to be brought back to their level to allow some sort of equality, then maybe the manufacturer, the manufacturer that is receiving that benefit, may not envisage spending as much as they would like in development, knowing that they're going to get equalisation anyway. So I've sort of... I I scratch my head a little bit with the parity formula. I understand why it's there to give everyone a fair chance, but at the end of the day, if it's there and if it does stop uh, anyone from uh, using their initiative in bringing their cars up to a standard, then uh, I'm against it in that regard.
0: Mm. Lewis, your final thought on parity?
4: At the moment, it's kind of implemented as a a cost-saving measure, which is um, a very responsible kind of move from V8 supercars. And if more manufacturers do want to go in and it gets to a level, well, perhaps this whole parity formula state will evolve naturally. And, and as Tony said, maybe there will be certain cars that suit better, or certain circuits better than others. And we let that go, I guess.
0: Mm. Well, the other thing that's been happening is there is a completed parity formula over in New Zealand. It's in its second year. They've had 18 winners in the... Uh, in the first two years or year and three quarters that it's been running and uh, a lot of Aussies getting over into the New Zealand V8 Super Tourers. Tim Slade's win on the weekend was uh, another great indicator of how well he is progressing and exactly why, Lewis, that super cheap autos who uh, didn't want to go to two cars when he was with Paul Morris Motorsport have certainly signed him up now.
4: Yeah, Slate's one of those guys who seems to be quick in any car he gets, which is a, a great sign for him. He's not really had the um, material to, to show his true value this year. Last year he finished fifth overall, so he was best of the rest outside of FDR and Troll 8. But he, he didn't forget how to drive overnight. But um, the New Zealand Championship is very interesting, obviously. Um, someone like Ant Pedersen is doing a great job. He's leading the points now. He drove with Chas Moster, who's another one who... Uh, who He's quick in a, a number of different cars, and you got guys like Greg Murphy who are good
0: on the business there, too. Mm. Tony, it is a, a great series, and that is pure parody. The Fords and the Holdens run the same engine, all the uh, underneath and all the chassis and everything is exactly the same, it's just the bodies they put over the top. Well, that is the only way
5: you can run a parody formula, I would have thought, is if everyone has exactly the same gear, and then it all comes down to driver ability and maybe what you can do a little bit uh, here and there, but uh, that to me, that is a parity formula, While we're still allowing everyone to develop their own engines and the like, then you can never really have true parity without bringing people down and people up, sort of uh, in regards to a sort of handicap situation, I suppose, to create that parity. And I'll just hope that we don't go too far down that track, but in regards to the New Zealand series, yeah, it's been fantastic. They, they seem to have built right, even in regards to their, their car that they built over there, it's been able to be built... At a minimal cost compared to what our guys have had to spend on the brand new car of the future or the car of the past now what is it we're nearly a year into it so it can't be the future anymore it's already here but uh yeah I, I like the new zealand series a lot love the way greg murphy and jack perkins have teamed together uh as uh, in the Enduros over there as well getting some wins behind and just plenty of Aussie v8 supercar drivers or pretty much more the kiwi v8 supercar drivers over here in Australia heading
0: back home and applying their trade and, yeah, doing it to a good audience. Mm. And one of the fascinating things is that uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, who had that uh, spectacular change in the off-season from Stone Brothers Racing, running a Ford, comes over, starts racing a Holden with Techno, and, of course, when he goes home, Lewis, he's back there in a Ford again. Well,
4: that's, that's an interesting thing, yourself, Craig, because a lot of people got... Uh, quite upset when when BenQ switched to switch the Techno, took his left Ford But people seem to have forgotten that he didn't leave Ford first so say It was Erebus who, or same brothers who, who became an AMG customer team. But but you're right, it is uh, interesting these across the two brands, and there's a couple of guys like that as well if you look throughout the, uh, the list.
0: Mm. Well, I think the question we need to uh, look at and ask ourselves is, is what the Super Tour is doing over there in New Zealand going to be sustainable in the long term and is it going to have any effect on the V8 supercars in that marketplace, Tony? I think it can only enhance v supercars in that marketplace, Shane. We only go
5: there once a year and from my understanding, never, I've never actually been to a V8 supercar meet in New Zealand, unfortunately, but from my understanding, the, the public over there love it when the V8 supercars come over, Puka Curry, uh gets a fantastic crowd we used to get fairly good crowds in the streets of Hamilton except that it just uh, cost too much in the end. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't think it'll ever harm it. As I said, I think it can only enhance it by the fact that it keeps people interested in, uh, in a, a touring car format and uh, then they see the, the V8s come over and, yeah, I think it works. They work well hand in hand.
0: What right about
4: you, Lewis? Oh, well, I was given the opportunity to speak to one of the young drivers from that series today, um, Mark Gibson, who's a co-driver with Dominic Storey. And he said it's great that the Australians are going over there and, you know, when they do, everyone lifts their game. And it's it's still a young series. I mean, it's second season. There were V8s over there before, but I really don't think it's diluting the market there. Obviously, New Zealand's given a lot to uh, Australian motorsport and it's nice that we can give a little back. Mm. And... Yeah, it's only reason the profile even more, I think.
5: Let's not forget, boys, that our new chairman of the board is a former owner of a New Zealand tour team. So uh, we might just get a little bit of that coming into our sport soon.
0: Mm, it's going to be interesting to see how Steve Horn does guide the uh, v8 supercar commission in the future we need to take a break here on the van insiders back with plenty more right after this you've taken the v8 to the races you watch the
2: action on tv now read about them in v8x magazine v8x magazine dedicated to just one thing v8 supercars Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage.
1: Hi, hi, I'm Alexon Prema from the Fujitsu JRM team, and you are listening to the V8 Insider.
0: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. SENS, Tony Shebeki, and Auto Actions. Lewis Isaacs joining me, Craig Gravel, And, guys, uh, we have got a big meeting coming up this weekend, the final round of the Pertec Cup. And, Tony, if, at Streets of the Gold Coast, it's interesting. I've loved the fact that they've shortened the racetrack, and I personally like that track better than the long track. But seems like the drivers aren't in the same camp as me, and they want to see the long track come back.
5: Yeah, the drivers don't want to see that, but unfortunately with uh, cost reductions in regards to the contract that has been uh, put together for the next few years for this race. uh, We're not going to see any more money spent on the event to allow to actually go to the larger track again. So the driver is going to have to put up with it for the fact that this is what they've got, this is what they're pretty much stuck with. One of my favourite events of the year, there's no doubt about it, the Gold Coast, the sun, the surf, the action that you always get. There's always better action, I felt, with the internationals that just added something to it. It gave us the opportunity to catch up with faces that we get to see on Speed TV every week or, or on one uh, HD, or wherever it might be. And then all of a sudden they're here in front of us and there's nothing better than you know, speaking to a Frank Franchetti and those sort of guys who are coming over to have a drive. But unfortunately that's not the case now. We've gone back to our uh, Aussie drivers. Except having said that, interesting news this week was we the, the private driver to replace Andrew Thompson, and uh, the Jim Slade co-driver for uh,
0: this weekend's event. Lewis, that is an interesting story, isn't it? That uh, Brabham's in, Thompson's out.
4: Thompson had done a, a fairly reasonable job in the first two further into the coverage, like, I guess he could say. Obviously, the crash on Thursday at Bathurst was his fault. he a break quite a bit when they hit the degree. But Brabham's in that one particular track. Do you remember last year's race on a Sunday, he'd seen when they could car the longer than they normally would. And the uh, net result was a fourth place play, and an excellent thing out of car one way, next,
0: He is certainly a talented guy, and Erebus aren't going to lose too much by having him in the car. But what about, Lewis, the change in format? Are you happy to see this becoming a, a third round in a, in a pseudo-enduro format?
4: Oh, well, that'd be my a of kind of because last year it a, I'm in a process, show that was a the, the new 10 year night, but there were a lot of car damage and that a great look. That was an a end the competition was good. But not are car I could have the uh carb had a great chance to uh, give you one more race because all these guys only get a couple of races. if you pulled for the for example, only I mean with two, so now you get a chance to
5: get...
0: Well, that's one of the interesting points, Tony. This is Paul Dumbrell's last V8 supercar drive.
5: Yeah, I was just about to say, Craig, it's a bit of a sad thing, actually, isn't it? an end of an era. And the guy that's been around for for a while now in V8 supercars and the last couple of years have been so fantastic for him in regards to uh, getting a a Bathurst win under his belt last year. And uh, who will ever forget that, uh, that first win in V8 supercars? Was it at sandown a couple of years ago, on the sprint race before it became the 500 again? It was just uh, amazing stuff. So yeah, it'll be sad to lose Paul Dumbrell from the sport, but uh, yeah, interesting in regards to the Ghost race. Look, I, I think it's a a, a a welcomed addition to the the, the endurance series, and it's a, definitely a, you know a big part of it. The Perth Tech Cup, we saw the trophy last week. What a spectacular trophy! Baddies and uh, design, and you'd think that any of the drivers want to get their hands on it. Happy with the 3 race format for that day during the series, and it gives teams who don't necessarily
0: have a chance of winning the championship something else to aim for. Well, uh, it is an opportunity to say they can, but Lewis, it's hard to see how Jamie Wincup's going to get knocked off. He's won the first leg, he came second in the second leg. Something absolutely catastrophic would have to go wrong for Jamie for him not to win it.
4: Yeah, well, you're right there, and and, and the strategy generally at the Gold Coast is put your co-driver in first, and then you hop in after 30 or so laps and do the finish right, uh, race, and, and we've seen it stand out fast that some grill can make a great start, drive away, and then Wing Cup gets in and just finishes the job, essentially, so it is going to be tough, but the Gold Coast that we saw last year, a couple of cars only made it a few hundred metres, so anything can happen here. I think it's the oh,
5: if, any, if, something catastro- if something catastrophic had to happen for so Wincup not to
4: win, then the Gold Coast track is the place for something catastrophic to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think there's a couple of guys who are still in with a bit of contention. And if it were, to happen like that. We've got my Glockman and Jack Perkins, they're going to be 4th and which is um, a phenomenal effort for those guys. Ross and Mitchell have moved up to third now and all will do the rounds and luck. Uh, for last year. Another
0: it is going to be an interesting race. Lewis, who's going to be the winner?
4: Uh, I'm actually, uh, I might be bold here and, and, and pick a dark horse. I think um, the Murphy-Courtney combination, they've got a lot to prove now. Murphy raced there last year as a full-time driver, so he's got some experience in... Uh, I see you,
0: quick. There, were, um, there were Cricket town that been on the street burgers. So um, that, that's my outlandish prediction.
5: All right, what about you, Tony? Yeah, I'm going to go for a little bit. I'm oh, not outlandish, I suppose, but very much in the realms. Scott McLaughlin and uh, Jack Perkins for me to take out the uh, the Gold Coast event. I think they're pairing. is a great pairing, and I think they've been fantastic the last two races. I uh, reckon Jack's got a little bit of, point, of a point to prove too the fact that there could actually be a full-time drive uh, on offer for someone next year in the Volvo team. So I think that will be a great way for Jack to put his hand
0: up mm. and say, hey, uh, big bank. Yeah, and the important thing about Jack Perkins is he's not only a very good driver, but he is also a fantastic marketing commodity in the fact that he's a very good speaker and he's got... a a very good uh, way about him when he's dealing with sponsors and dealing with other business-to-business-type relationships, Lewis.
5: Yeah, you're right, Craig. And with all respect to other co-hosts that have been on the grid with me on a Sunday morning, just love it when Jack comes on board because the insight that you get from him into uh, his thoughts and the like, just fantastic. He's got such a uh, great uh, upgrade on him for such a young head.
0: So, love the guy and, uh, yeah, I hope the bigger things around the corner for him. Mm. All right. Lewis, your thoughts? Yeah, one thing that
4: people have kind of forgotten about him is he did a lot of development driving for the, um, the initial car feature project. And if you're Volvo, I guess that's a lot of big experience. that has been untapped so
1: far. Mm. But uh, that needs for as well. Yep.
0: Well, guys, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Well, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you both, but great to have you on the VN Insiders this week. Tony Shabeki on the grid this Sunday morning. a are you able to get up to the Gold Coast? No, you betcha, Craig. We'll be
5: broadcasting live from the Gold Coast right across the whole weekend and uh, looking forward to bringing all the action to our, our listeners down here in Melbourne. And hey, great to see, you, Lewis, and your chariots finally be popped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, thanks for coming on. My pleasure, Craig. Thank you. The White Flag Lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders.
1: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at V8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races.
2: You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X magazine. V8X magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now.
3: Hi, I'm Jonathan Webb from Techno Auto Sports, and you're listening to V8 Insiders.
0: On this week's Munro Shock Absorbers White Flag Lap, Darren Cox, Nissan's International Motorsport Manager, spoke about the innovations that V8 supercars can provide the company, considering that the cars are all part of a parity formula.
1: I think uh, there's a number of ways we can do it. First of all, obviously the the fact that we're using a road-derived engine, we're using multi-valves against the, the other guys using push rods, I think shows the way that we do it. But also, just in in the way that we go racing. So things like the GT Academy that we've got, picking drivers from a different angle and using them in things like testing, uh, is highlighting motorsport to a different um, audience. You know, the audience that's probably out there, certainly the audience that's up the mountain, they'd come here even if there wasn't a race on. Uh, What we've got to do is make sure that the message about motorsport gets out to another audience. And the way you can do that is through things like the GT Academy, by doing different things and approaching it, but using the the strong platform that you've already got. And what does Cox think will be the next
0: step for the Nissan program in Australia?
1: We're we're talking to the Nissan Australia guys about uh, launching GT Academy here. So we've got academies in... uh, Russia, America, Middle East, South Africa so that's another route we can go down here and wouldn't it be great to pick a guy from gaming in Australia and two years later having racing at uh, Bathurst, I mean that that for me would be absolutely incredible and uh, that's something we're looking at, so these guys had enough on their plates to try and run four cars this year uh, let's see what happens next year
0: That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders, as the chequered flag waves over another edition, my thanks to Lewis Isaacs and Tony Schubecki, till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now
1: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders Only on v8x.com.au.